Hi, this is Stephen Piercy, the rat bastard, getting ready to smash on East Coast Metal Radio. All right, gang, we're back here on East Coast Metal Radio uh, once again with uh, Nick and John. And uh, you heard Stephen Piercy give us a very cool intro. And this week we are back in time. 1980 metal we're going to be speaking uh, of today. And that's due to us talking to Rat's very own Stephen Piercy. Nick, um, last week we had a pretty cool discussion, among other things, about uh, suicide silence and... What I think is still think, and I will go to my grave thinking, is a killer song, uh, the new song Doris. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't hold anything back there, buddy. Um, but anyway, so we opened up the Twitter feed and the Facebook feed to anyone. Um, you know, did anyone give you any kind of feedback on that discussion? Um, yeah, some people agreed with me. You know, a lot of people say that that's a horrible song, and I totally agree. Well, not totally. I mean, it's alright, but it sucks, so... I was pissed off this week because you had uh, a Facebook meme that had, uh, and I think everyone's probably seen it, it's been on Facebook, where there was a grave and a coffin and the first death of 2017 with suicide <laughs> silence, so I thought that was pretty fucked up, but yeah. um, I don't know, man, we'll you know, wait and see when the album comes out, but you know, let's move on to uh, brighter okay. things. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, this week we're gonna again we're gonna uh, uh, hit topics on the '80s music and uh, we'll have Stephen Pierce coming up in a couple minutes. But uh, let's turn to Twisted Sister. Uh, we're gonna play "Burn in Hell," and I think that they wrapped up their career last year at the uh, Rock Carnival Festival, and uh, they had a you know pretty good 40 year career. And I don't know a lot of bands that could do that. Um, that's I think one of my I don't want to say beefs, but one of the things I want to see. Um, you know how things play out is uh, there's so many good bands that have been out for two, three, and four years, but right. I'm trying to decide what band 40 years from now will be making music or touring. You know, would it be a Suicide Silence? Would it be a Thy Artist Murder? <laughs> would it be a you know Attila or Pierce the Veil? I just don't I don't see them bands being 40 year bands. You know? No. I'm sure they'll have a pretty good career and they'll have some good tunes yeah, and new albums. Yeah, a couple albums, but, but... Anyway, so Twisted Sister called it uh, quits after 40 years and, you know, we uh, spoke to uh, the guitarist J.J. French last year and you can hear that interview up on our uh, other website, uh, musicfrenzy.net. Um, and he opened up about the career and, uh, you know, the final tour. So uh, from 1984, Stay Hungry, here is Burning Hell.
Alright guys, uh, like I said, that was uh, Twisted Sisters Burning Hell. Nick, I don't know if I ever showed you any of the, uh, or played you any of the videos, or maybe you have seen uh, on your own, but, you know, Twisted Sister back in the day, when uh, MTV was big, their videos were just just epic. Um, you know, uh, yeah. big hair, and, 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 you know, their music was great, leather. but their leather and spandex and shit, and you know, but their videos were cool, and uh, you know, up next we're going to go into Wanted Man by Rat. Um, 1984, um, amazing year. I graduated high school, thank freaking God. And uh, 
I won't tell you what my ranking was. I think it was. <laughs> it wasn't in the top 10, I can tell you that much. Part of the top 100 or 200 or 300, but nonetheless, I graduated. I have a document somewhere, stashed somewhere that says so. But anyway, um, A Wanted Man by Rat came out in 84, uh, and their album, Out of the Cellar, was just freaking phenomenal. And um, we're going to play that song now, and that's going to lead into our interview with Stephen Piercy from Rat. Um, I will say that I was a nervous little bitch when he called me because Rat, um, like I said, man, I graduated. The, you know, to me, it was like summer of Rat, and yeah. the next year or so was all about Rat. I played that album to death, so you'll hear some nervousness in my voice, but it is what it is. So, uh, you know, uh, let's get into Wanted Man, and then after that, uh, we'll come out after that uh, interview with Stephen Piercy.
here on East Coast Metal Radio. Uh, of course, that was Wanda Man by Rat, and you know anyone who just you know has forgotten how just how big Rat was. I mean, they've sold over 15 million records just in the U.S. alone. And uh, you know, Out of the Cellar was a album that really broke huge back in 1984. And uh, we're joined today by the frontman from Rat, Stephen Piercy. Um, Stephen, how are you doing today? Well, good. How are you? Doing good, man. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. I know you got a lot of things happening this year. Um, you know, mainly your uh, your fourth solo album comes out. Um, Smash comes out January twenty seventh. So um, I want to get into that album um, for sure. But you know, I mean, straight from the jump, Stephen, um, it's it's so cool when I get to interview any musician. But I mean, when I get a chance to talk to someone who was such a huge part of my musical upbringing, I mean, it's just surreal, man. Way cool, Rat broke in 1984 with uh, Out of the Cellar, and that was the year I graduated high school. And, uh, I mean, nice. that that entire summer, man, we burnt that record out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was made for. <laughs> I mean, going to the Jersey Shore and just, you know, walking to boardwalks and, uh, you know, Wildwood and, and uh, Seaside, it just... I mean, that that's all you heard that summer was Rat, and, you know, so many good songs. I mean, you know, we just played Wanted Man, but, you know, round and round, again, just, you know, it was on MTV, and, you know, looking back on those days, how do you sum that time up, uh, the years after Out of the Cellar broke for you? Well, you know, getting there was, uh, you know, a feat in itself with the EP, and, you know, opening uh, like a show for Billy Squire, and then going, oh, we just opened for uh, not Billy Squire for uh, ZZ Top, and we do these crazy shows, and then next thing you know, uh, we're out there pounding the mat, and then we open up for Billy Squire, and then things get better and bigger from that, and and uh, out of the cellar, just you know, it didn't just hit right away. It took like six months to. To, to get itself up in the top 10, wherever it was, I don't remember. Um, and then next thing we know, it's like, you're selling a million records, you're selling a million and a half, now you got two million, so now you got two and a half million. I mean, it, it was the craziest thing. We, we rarely had time to even think about what we were accomplishing because we were out touring, you know, every day. We would do like 20, 250 shows a year, you know? That's outrageous. Um, yeah, and then we ended up uh, just starting to headline our own shows, which turned into arena shows, and it didn't stop from there. It was just a record, tour, record, tour, record, and that's what pretty much beat the hell out of us in 91, and we were forced into uh, taking a break or a hiatus, you know? From when you guys started, you know, working this trip there in, in uh, L.A., from, you know, you guys really getting your feet wet um, until, you know, touring nonstop, um, how long of a time was that? Well, I had moved up there in 1980, and after hearing about Van Halen and seeing them personally in 78, um... Uh, so I moved up there in 1980, put Mickey Rat up there, and, and started from the ground zero again. Uh, members came and went, and then towards late 82, uh, you know, I started finding, you know, found Robin. We hooked up, and, and the next one who came in was Warren, and then it was early 83. 
and then the other guys were brought in, um, and then we're, you know, headlining the, the bigger clubs, you know, and doing two shows one night, Troubadour, uh, selling out the whisk, became the Whiskey House Band, and yeah, sure. and uh, got signed, uh, got signed to management there, and. And from there, we went in and recorded the EP, and that got a lot of attention, and got us a record deal, and away we went. When uh, Out of the Cellar came out, and you guys started to tour, um, I'm from Philadelphia here, and uh, I saw you at least two or three times at the Spectrum. Um, and, you know, those oh, were... Yeah. And I'll tell you, those, as an 18-year-old, I mean, those were the best shows, because, I mean, there were chicks... Everywhere, you know. <laughs> I mean, just girls and spandex. You're telling me. You're telling me. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny because um, in your book, uh, "Sex, Drugs, and Rat and Roll," you know, you just yeah. you detail so much insanity that went on. Um, and you know, one thing. I mean, look, I've I've heard of the rock and roll lifestyle from back in the eighties. You know, I've heard so many, read so many books, heard so many stories. Um, but man. You detail about the girls and about, you know, look, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it like Van Halen does it. And there was one part where you mentioned that the best lineup that you had was you would do one um, before the show, one during the drum solo, and then one back at the hotel. Um, how yeah. the how the hell? <laughs> I mean, I'm envious, dude. <laughs> that's a lot of, that's crazy. That's craziness. Well, sometimes there was, there was three or four, you know, it's how you timed it you know I mean you know you could you could handle something before the show that was easy and you know then you do something in the afternoon before the show and if you find time during the show that's great and then you go after the show and then you go to the hotel and you have fun there too you know or maybe you just might find one you want to keep around all day and sometimes relationships are made you saw them all the time and my stupid ass is in the audience thinking, oh, well, you know, they're back there having a beer and, you know, cooling off or whatever. Uh, yeah, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> no, we were back there doing dangerous drugs, taking advantage of everything at once. That's, that's unreal. I mean, you hear stories about, like, Def Leppard and their their stage, how they had naked girls under, under the stage as they were performing. And, you know, you think that, you know, as, as just a music fan, you think of that as, ah, that's bullshit, that shit never happened. But, man, just the debauchery yeah, was crazy. We, we had huts. We had huts, right? Okay. We walked behind the stage. We had, we had our own little mini apartment huts in there. That's where we'd have our fun. That's that's un, that's wild. <laughs> there was a drum solo going on. Someone would be racing into the dressing room, you know. Well, that was just part of the course, you know. I thought we, you know, we learned from, you know, I learned the tricks of Van Halen, you know, and you just put a hundred of them in a room and then just walk through there and pick about twenty of them and take off. That's crazy, and you know, you you said that you know from the concert tour and and you know and that kind of stuff, and of course you know you know unfortunately drugs came into play that you guys just got kind of you know burned out pretty much, you know, uh, in in the early nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a downfall of it, and, and you know I saw it coming. Okay, you know the last tour we did, ninety one detonator tour was was a fact. We were done. We were fried. It was over. You know, it didn't mean uh, the band was over. It just means we. We didn't have a moment to peace, you know, and a moment to really, you know, enjoy what we did, let alone, 
relax and regroup, recharge the batteries, you know. Uh, a lot of the stuff kind of, you know, the first few years we were crazy, and then it got to where we really started to, you know, hey, we got to hang around, let's get our shit together. And we, we were trying, you know, but, um, you know, if you still don't get rest and you still don't have a break, it could, it could, you know, mess with you pretty good, you know, in every way, physically, mentally. Uh, if you had families, I feel sorry for you. I didn't, uh, you know, but uh, it could take its toll, and it does. We're not the only band, you know. No, of course, and obviously the creativeness was still there because, you know, you alone, you know, this is your now your fourth solo album, and, you know, Rats uh, released, yeah. what, three or four albums since then, so, you know, it, it obviously yeah. goes it goes to say that it wasn't a, a creative issue, it was just uh, everything else, I guess, uh, factored in. Yeah, got in the way, yeah, and, you know, and then, you know, to each his own, you might have somebody that, you know, you start blaming each other for this and that unnecessarily, and, and um, it's a whole, it, it, you know, that kind of stuff, I just, it, it's irrelevant to me. Yeah. Longevity is what me, is, is what is, what's important to me. If you can have longevity, you know, these new bands, bands nowadays, they'll be lucky to be around two, three years later, you know? Back in our day, it was like you're lucky to be around five years, you know? Uh, to be around 10 years, you're very lucky. And then to be around 20 and 30 years, well, okay. You know, it's a blessing, you know? You know, it's speaking about the you know the '80s bands and so forth. It's it just incredible. I mean, like I said, you know, as we opened, you know, you guys sold over 15 million records just here in the states, and that was with no downloads, you know, nothing, no kind of internet presence. That was you know just selling hard copy CDs and cassettes and albums. You know, I mean, that's that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, and there's bands who uh, sold more than us, but you know. It's just a number. I mean, look, you know, the Rolling Stones barely went gold or platinum during their career, and they're the biggest band in the world. Right. It's just how you uh, manage your your beast, so to speak, you know. Uh, if you're together on it, then it works. If you're not all together in it, and, you know, of course it's going to implode, you know, that's no doubt about it. Well, obviously this year, you know, not only do you have your solo album, but, you know, Rat's doing some touring. Uh, I know that there's dates coming up at Rockahoma, and you guys are playing the uh, M3 Festival on uh, April 29th in Columbia. Um, and the lineup now is is Warren, Juan, and then you got Carlos Cavazzo playing guitar with you um, also, correct? Yeah. Yeah, Carlos has been with us since, uh, for, for a while. Okay. Um, so, you know, while we're doing is getting another drummer, and, and, um, Taking it from there, you know, uh, try to repair some of the damage that was done uh, last year, not by us. Yeah. Know. The thing is, we had, we have the opportunity being around this long to take the year off, two years, three years, you know. And if somebody can't uh, handle that, uh, it shouldn't turn into a war, especially somebody who didn't write music. You know, it takes guys to write music in order to. Uh, get the job done. Yeah, got you. And, you know, and, and so, you know, we weren't ready to write, and we always like to have some kind of product out, you know, 
that hasn't changed with us. We just don't want to go out just to go out. Uh, we've done that before, and it really doesn't mesh well with what how we are how our schematic was made. Our schematic was record a record, go out on the road, record, you know. Uh, and so you have something new and refreshing. You know, nowadays, you know, people kind of just want to hear the hits, but yeah. we're not satisfied with that. We want we want to, you know, give you a, a, some new music every now and then. I mean, I still do it with my solo, you know. I, sure, I play, you know, my rat hit songs and, and, and stuff and arcade or whatever I choose. I play a couple cover songs. I might play a priest or a Zeppelin or Aerosmith one day and, you know, but I'm out there to have a good time, but I still want to be able to play new music, you know? That's what keeps me out there. If I have to keep doing the same thing, it becomes boring, you know? And if I'm bored, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've listened to Smash, and, you know, the first thing that really hit me, Stephen, is that, you know, you didn't go soft like some, you know, metal musicians do as they as the years go by. You know, sometimes they just can't hit certain notes, or, you know, they figure that they can't do it heavy anymore. And, you know, this album kicks ass from start to finish, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it was... It was a definite conscious decision to make sure every song was as good as we can make it. We didn't want to compress the music. We didn't want to, you know, you know, put a lot of poop on there just to have it. Yeah, filler. I didn't want. I wanted my vocals to be as clean as possible, and and not use the rat schematics with recording on my voice. And we wanted to try different things and. You know, like I say, a little light, a little dark. Uh, uh, you know, talk about some other things that some might not understand, and and uh, you know, ha- have have something, have some substance here. You know, uh, because I can write, we can write songs and put out records all day long, and and but that's what they'll sound like. And you know, there are other records I've done that have a few great songs on them, but they're not cohesively, uh, you know, put together. And that's something I really wanted to do on this record. It's been five years, I think, since my last solo record or something. Yeah, you know, it was time to do something really, really different, you know. Well, let's get into some of the songs. The album starts off with the song, I Know I'm Crazy, and I might be off base, but is that one about addiction? That song, no. Um, it's, it, it, it could possibly be... See, some of these songs I'm writing, they're not necessarily about a relationship. Okay. It could be about a relationship with drugs. It could be a relationship with... Uh, a, a, a parent, a wife, a person, you know, this and that. So I left it open. Yeah. But, you know, who, I'm not necessarily talking about me, but uh, what can drive a person crazy? You know, uh, love can drive you crazy. The hate can drive you crazy. Drugs can drive you crazy, you know. Um it says for loving and then it says for wanting, you know. Um, so that song in itself 
can be taken many ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is why it's important to have those lyrics in there because people can read into it what they want. What I found is a lot of these songs make me think about things. You know, uh, you know, I, I took some of them words to be, you know, you know, drug kind of related and and like you said, relationshipy. Um, you know, and it just like the way that you set up this this song in particular. I mean, starting off the very first line with what ends up being the chorus as well. You know, that's yeah. that's pretty awesome. I mean, I don't, I can't recall off the top of my head. You know, a musician doing that. You know, kicking off the song with the chorus um, and such a catchy chorus too it really sticks in your crawl you know uh, thanks yeah that was that was you know that was a conscious thing to do on a few of these songs was start with the chorus because <laughs> the way the way I've been hearing music out there and how people are presenting their music um, and it's not like we haven't tried it or done it but I haven't done it to this extreme to where you just like conk them on the head right away. Yeah. It's like wake up, you know, the alarm goes off and then you're, you gotta wake up and then you hear it again and then you hear it again, you know? Uh, so it, it keeps you on your toes, you know? And of course, musically, um, on that song, I love the Led Zeppelin physical graffiti type synthesizer that opens the song. It's really, uh, <laughs> you know, it really, really uh, sharp. <laughs> Yeah, the keys, I, I really wanted to have some keys on this album, and whether they're tucked in, you know, I, I really wanted some other kind of vibe, you know, I don't know if you would call it a Celtic vibe or whatever, but I wanted some other kind of mood in intertwining with these songs, and there's a few songs that have the keys and stuff, um, but it was important that we, that we were, we were just to try what we could. And if it worked, it worked. You know, if you don't try it, you'll never know if it works. If you keep doing the same thing you're doing, then you're going to get the same thing. And there's some diversity on that, on the album, too, because a song like Shut Down, Baby, I mean, that that has that rock blues sound to it. I mean, it just screams party song. Um, I think that would probably go over huge live, you know? Yeah, that, that, that was one of the first songs that we recorded, tracked, and it was pretty much, we left it alone. And then when I went to sing the vocals, it was the first and second take on the vocals that we kept. There was nothing else to do to the song. It was like, does it need backups? Nope. Does it need, nope. That's it. Yeah. There's a song. Let's make it, let's mass mix, master, and make it its own thing. And that's what we did uh, with uh, that. But the subject matter on that song is quite interesting too, you know. Uh, you know, you meet a girl with diamonds in her hair. She says, come with me, take you anywhere. See little circles that take you up there, stairways to the stairway, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, interstellar shit, you know. Uh, it's not all this Berkeley stuff, you know. Um, and as far as the lyrical writing, you wrote everything on, on this album? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and, you know, consciously I wanted uh, to, you know, to cover the light, the dark, the underworld, the above world, the space and time, and, you know, I wanted to cover things that have been of interest and, and you know, let people in on it, you know, on one song in particular, it's, you know, it's telling people, you know, you can't keep your eyes shut and your mouth shut all the time. You gotta speak up and 
and you know, uh, you know what's going to happen with our children of earthlings, you know, and well, that necessarily means something comes down here to to do with our earthlings, you know. And yeah, it's pretty involved. Lyric sheet's really going to help, I think, for people to understand what I'm really talking about here. This is the only second record I'd ever put lyrics in. And, oh, really? And it'll probably be the last. Wow. Huh. Are you not comfortable opening up like that, or, or is that just not how you work? No, it's not how I work. I'm from old school. You know, I'd like people to figure out my lyrics. Okay. So that way they listen to the song over and over, and they make it their own. Oh, they cool. might say, they might turn the song into something else. And I think that's a, a, a good thing. Oh. You know, let them adjust the song to to their meaning, whether they get the words right or not, you know. Um, so I kind of missed that element of surprise. So when you put lyrics in there, uh, you know, you're kind of, they're not, if, you know, somebody could go, oh, that's not what I was hoping he was saying. You yeah, know? yeah, uh, yeah, I got you. You know, <laughs> but this record needed it because I'm talking about so many different things I want people to go oh okay that's what he's talking about wow that's interesting you know yeah. uh, I get it I get it now what, what this is about you know um, you know they're descending from space you know uh, there's some trippy shit in there you know? <laughs> well I think that my favorite song off the album is 10 Miles Wide um, yeah. that chorus is one that you know after the first time I, I heard it Stephen I was singing that chorus for like the next hour or two you know it just it just it's ingrained in, in your brain when you hear it and, you know what can you tell me about that one well that's we're actually trying to get a video um our first video single done for that song. Oh, perfect! And that song again is is not a relationship song. It's a song of like uh, you know, it's it's like going into space, and you want me to own, you know, you want me ten miles wide. You know, it's not about people not somebody not wanting somebody. It's about. Um, how can I say, you know, I mean, the guy sees Major Tom in space and he's yeah, yeah, doing yeah. nothing about it. You know, he's going to let him float around out there. He don't care. He's just flying by. And then he goes faster and, and it says, if you want me, you got me 10 miles wide. Here I am. I'm up here. Take me. Where are you? You know, I'm here. Uh, it's not like, uh, uh, oh, push me away 10 miles long. 10 miles wide, you know, it, it's, no, I'm up here, I, here I am, 10 miles wide, you know, I'm, I'm here, where are you, you know? <laughs> yeah, oh, I get you, yeah. Um, the last song I want to touch on, Stephen, is um, the song that wraps up the album, Summer's End. I thought it was kind of odd to end with a slower tempo song, but, like, as I listened to it play out, you know, the song left me thinking well after the album was over, and I think that that's a mark of a good final song. Yeah, yeah, we wanted to end this, I wanted to end the song on, on, a, on a good note, so to speak, however you may take it. Um, it like I say, there's a beginning, middle, end, and uh, it's like summer's end, you know, it, it's about leaving somebody, correct? Uh, you know, you hold your hand, I'll, you know, hold my hand, I'll hold mine, or whatever. Um, yeah. 
it's like something that could have been, should have been, but never was, you know. Uh, maybe I'll see you again. Will, will you hear me? Hear, uh, will you see me? You know, will you hear me screaming out my name? Uh, will I see you again? Well, yeah, you will. That summer's end. Yep. You know, uh, not now. And then I get into this, another kind of a, you know, I use that word Celtic, but a different kind of melody on the end. You know, uh, and maybe that's my influence of Zeppelin and trying to stretch things a little bit. But I like doing things different. But that song is really a really a strong song. It is and very it much so. A lot to me to get out. Yeah, that's such depth, you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, as far as the touring schedule goes, I only got a couple minutes left here with you. We're talking to Stephen Piercy from Rat. Um, I know that you know Rat's playing the uh, M3 Festival on uh, April 29th. You're also playing Rocklahoma. Um, what kind of solo stuff are you? Are you going to be touring solo um, this year? Yes. Yeah, the um, Rat's also playing on the 11th of February somewhere. Um, um, but yeah, the the Smash shows start on the 25th of February and we'll be playing up till the uh, middle of July. Oh, cool. Okay. And then, yeah, and then we're going to assess, yeah, because I'm headlining some of my own, you know, shows out there, or all of them, but uh, a couple bigger ones. And, um, you know, once that subsides, we're gonna, we should be in a place to know where Rat's gonna, you know, uh, uh, be at, and then we'll probably start up the Rat, uh, that beast, you know, per yeah. se. <laughs> and, and, uh, follow that through the summer and, and, you know, the end of the year, and then start working on it, start thinking about a record. You know. That's great news. Infestation was your last one with the band, and it was just you know, it, you know, critically, it was re- received very well. So I'm looking forward to another one. The next one will, you know, we got close with Infestation. We want to make uh, ten times a better record than that, and that's our that's our plan is to make something just amazing this time around. You know, and and spending the time I did on this record, my solo record, I'm going to uh, ask for the same respect on this rap record. Oh, cool. We just don't throw it out there. We have time. We we make the best record possible because it could be our last. Who knows? Yeah. You know, it takes 10 years to do one. It takes 10, 7 years to get this just to get on the table. So (laughs) it's a whole other other planet nowadays, you know? Well... Well, I wish you uh, good luck this year. Um, you know, everyone go pick up Smash out on January 27th and catch Rat and, and Stephen Piercy when they come to your town. I appreciate your time today, Stephen. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Anybody wants any news, go to stephen-piercy.com. East Coast Metal back here. John and Nick, that was Stephen Piercy. Um, big shout-out to him for the interview. I'll tell you, again, man, Rat... <laughs> You, know, you weren't around then, dude, but that summer and the next year, it was, you know, Rat had, in my mind, one of the best albums. So, uh, you know, even you, you know, you're, uh, you know, a couple years younger than me, but you dig the song Round and Round. And it was everywhere. I mean, every fucking where it was Round and Round. So. Remember, just not recently, but years ago on 
Uh, I remember playing round and round a rock band. There you go. That was pretty good. <laughs> you know, and that's the cool thing about like you throwback. Know, yeah, and you know that's what I grew up with. So now you know, you know, uh, you know, thirty years later or you know whatever it is, then you know, uh, video games like rock band come out, and now you're jamming out to all the tunes that you know made me, you know, give me the inspiration, the musical inspiration right. that I have to be doing what I'm doing. So For sure, a lot of that started with Stephen Piercy, man. So you know. Uh, Again, uh, the album comes out January 27th, Smash. It, it is, I heard it, it is a really solid rock album from start to finish. So, solid. there you go. Um, well, let's keep up with the 80s music, dude. Uh, we're going to go into Fastway. Um, I saw Fastway open up for a couple bands back in the day. I can't remember off the top of my head if it, one of them might have been Rat. I'm not sure. But um, a lot of those years were clouded by certain things. Um <laughs> you know, possibly a little bit of alcohol involved or something like that. So I can't remember every detail possibly. of every. <laughs> I'm just saying it just might have happened. But I know Fastway was in there somewhere, man. And in '83, um, they came out with the song "Say What You Will," and you know, Fast Eddie Clark and uh, Pete Way from UFO, you know, uh, teamed up for this uh, band. And this is one kick-ass song from their uh, self-titled album, uh, "Say What You Will."
All right, back on East Coast Metal Radio. Yeah, uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at ECM Radio Show or on Facebook at uh, East Coast Metal Show. Um, and uh, again, that was Fastway, see what you will. Um, all right, so this week um, we're going to discuss um, Thy Artist's Murder. Um, I know just in the past couple days, you know, it came out that uh, CJ was spotted, you know, playing with uh, Andy Marsh and the guys, and, you know, uh, the internet's been kind of blowing up about that. So, uh, what are your thoughts about uh, CJ returning to Thy Artist's Murder, Nick? Yeah, um, you know, I wasn't really into them at the time. You know, I just kind of recently got into Thy Art, and that's when um, CJ had left, which is unfortunate. But now, just a couple of days ago, at Unify, at the Cross Seas, um, he came out and surprised the entire crowd with his return. They played the entire set, I think, with CJ. They have they have video of that somewhere, yeah. right on the internet. You can find a video of that. He announced that they went into pure strain of hate, but I love Thy Art, and we saw them twice, or we saw them twice, and then we interviewed Andy at... Uh, Rock and Derby over the summer and really solid guys to talk to. And we talked about CJ not being in the band and yeah. you know I, I think the, the kids and he was is, conflicted. Yeah, and the singer that they had at that point uh, was Nick um, Lock. I can't remember his yeah. last name, dude, but you know Lock. again you know great singer and I think that he was a really cool element of the band. But you know people who um, you know like Thy Art from the beginning, you know are just used to having CJ around, so yeah. I think it'll be a, a welcomed, uh, you know, welcome uh, joining the band again. So at least something good happened in the deathcore community uh, in what 2017. Do you mean? Besides the fail of the Doors track that came out. <laughs> See, I was kind of hoping that we could go through the rest of the episode without bringing that up, dude. But yeah, uh, it's going to be exciting to probably hear new music uh, from Thy Art with CJ. If that so ever happens, but it was cool though because I mean it's it's cool to have him back. But didn't he leave because of money issues? I mean I think that we well, brought that I, up with I mean, Andy, he, right? He said that yeah he said something like on the internet about yeah leaving because they don't make a lot of money and everything. Yeah, because because we brought that up when we spoke to Andy at. Rock I think and Derby. he just needed to get you know his shit together and really dig in to see what he wanted. Because yeah. even in the video of him. And talking about his full return, he's like, yeah, previously I got married, and then, you know, all of this stuff. So I think he just needed a little bit of time to get a grasp of what he wanted to do with his life. Get life together and then come on back to the fold? Yeah. Well, that'd be cool, man. We'll have to wait and see what other news comes out of the Artist Murder Camp, and hopefully, hey, another CG album. It seemed last year that that would never happen again, so yeah, um, that'll be cool, man, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, Thy Art is Murder, they always, you know, put on a great show, and Andy's been really good to us here at uh, uh, Music Frenzy and uh, East Coast Metal Radio. Uh, he always uh, offers up a good interview when we speak to him when he's in town, so uh, it'll be good to see them guys back. But, um, yeah, so we'll look for Thy Art is Murder. Um, let's keep on uh, rocking out some tunes here. We're going to go with uh, Quiet Riot, uh, Bang Your Head. Um, the reason why I chose this song is because... Uh, the guitarist of Quiet Riot is uh, and was and still is Carlos Cavazzo, but he'll be playing with Rhett now. I think he's, uh, as you heard Stephen say in the interview, that you know he's been in the fold with uh, Rhett for a couple years now. So uh, uh, the dates upcoming, 
at the uh, M3 Festival, May 29th, I believe, in Columbia, Maryland. Uh, Rod will be playing, and Carlos will be on guitar along with Warren and Martini. So it'll be cool. Um, Quiet Riot also had a had a good year uh, last year, and I think in in 2015 as well. Uh, with their documentary that came out, uh, the Quiet Riot movie, uh, you can uh, check it out at QuietRiotMovie.com. Um, yeah, you know it's a shame that you know Kevin's not around anymore. He uh, passed away in 2007. But Quiet Riot um, is again is one of them bands alongside Rat and and uh, Twisted Sister and you know the bands that we're playing today on uh, on our show that um, just blew up around that time in the early 80s. So uh, sit back and bang your head to a Quiet Riot.
Welcome back, everyone. East Coast Metal. Wrapping it up with today's episode. Um, that was Bang Your Head by Quiet Riot. We got to th uh, thank once again Stephen Piercy from Rat for coming on today's show. I grew up with this metal, so it was really cool today to go through some of the good metal tunes that I saw all in concert and I played to death on my Walkman and everything and cassettes and whatnot. And yeah, it was cool. We're going to leave you with um, Stephen Piercy's uh, single. Um, off the uh, upcoming album Smash, it's a song called Jamie. Uh, it's a really cool tune. Um, again, the album Smash comes out January 27th. Um, thank you all for uh, tuning in today. Next week, uh, next episode is going to be uh, Jack Russell. We have an interview with him uh, from Jack Russell's Great White. And I think we'll probably keep on playing some more 80s tunes. Uh, can you ever have enough 80s music? Yeah. No, you can't. <laughs> Wrong answer. <laughs> but thanks again, guys, for tuning in. Uh, you know, peace out. Have a great week, and thanks.